the work we do um, involves your cognitive abilities to think well uh, and sort out uh, challenging situations for uh, for patients and calls and circumstances we're on. You, you got to lift people uh, and uh, and move them and and those kinds of things. So there's a whole physical component and the stress management is absolutely part of the wellness. And if you don't kind of have a handle on that, there's a lot of stresses this world pr- presents to you. And poorly managed stress, uh, we know, tears down both your your physical, um, psychological, and emotional wellness. Hello and welcome back to another edition of EMS One Stop. I'm your host, Rob Lawrence. And before we get going, this special episode of EMS One Stop is part of the 2023 First Responder Wellness Week. Visit firstresponderwellness.com for more videos, articles, and other special coverage of this week's activities and themes. So wellness is an important topic to all of us right now, and I have two amazing guests with me, Kevin Pennell and the man that needs no introduction, Mike Tegman. But Mike Tegman, will you introduce yourself? <laughs> Thank you, Rob. Uh, I'm Mike Tegman. I'm a, an improvement guide with First Watch, which nobody actually knows what that means. And I teach graduate school at UCSF and have been uh, interested in writing about and teaching about stress management and resilience in emergency services for uh, for a couple of decades now. Wonderful. And Kevin? Um, Kevin Pennell. I'm currently in the program and project management business uh, in the healthcare IT space and a previous public safety and military veteran. I kind of grouped those together, similar experiences there uh, and emergency management. And now I get to work remote uh, and have, have examples of both good wellness and bad wellness. So I look forward to talking about it. So let's drill a little bit deeper down into you in particular, Kevin. As I say, everybody knows Mike, knows and loves Mike. Let's just get that right. But of course, you are a guy that promotes, lives, breathes, wellness, resilience, and you do a lot. And I think you pay it forward a lot with some of the the broadcasting and podcasting that you do. So just tell us about that, first of all. I do. Yeah, I really believe in, um, you know, if we have knowledge, it's, it's ours to then pass on, right? Pay it forward, as, as they say. And so I particularly believe that in the wellness space and fitness and exercise and diet and and getting, all, you know, many aspects of your life in order. And so I, via the Talks podcast that I host, blog posts on Um, And then I also have a fun, actually, it's, it's pretty much promoting fitness 15 seconds at a time on Pinnell 5 Fit. Uh, or fitness club on YouTube. And I film workouts, give ideas, things like that, because I have benefited. Um, I've, you know, ridden the roller coaster of being in really good shape and then horrible shape in all aspects, mind, body, spirit throughout my life. And in particular, the past probably six or seven years really honed in um, and dealt with, you know, some of the horrible stuff I'm sure we'll touch on that, that wellness helps with. Um, and it made a big difference in my life. So I've tried to if it anywhere from how to plan better, safer events and critical incident responses to here are physical exercises that will make you better as an EMS provider, because all of this, as I'm sure we'll touch on, it blends together, right? It's not just one magic bullet. So in those ways, I, I try and do that um, and, and incorporate that and do incorporate that in my life and, and pass it on to my kids. 
Wonderful. And so uh, for those that hadn't heard of Kev before, we'll put all of those links in the show notes because you sir, are an inspiration. And just so everybody knows, and for full disclosure and all of that kind of stuff, declare an interest. Kev and I used to work together at uh, the Richmond Ambulance Authority. So uh, we have a history of being in most disasters that you can name, I think, Kev, right? Yes, indeed. Yeah. Been there, done that, disaster check. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's go back to wellness. So if you had to define wellness for us, Mike, how would you frame it? That's a great question. So part of it for me is it's the ability to advance and thrive in your in your life, in your world, kind of despite whatever is thrown at you, whether it's the adversities of working in emergency services or uh, health issues or the natural process of aging or, uh, you know, we're, we're still experiencing a pandemic um, with a number of infectious diseases, all of which uh, can can pose challenges. So it's the it's really the ability to kind of optimize your uh, mental, physical, uh, spiritual uh, vibrancy in, in the face of kind of whatever the world throws at you. And sort of to extend that, you know, EMS and dare I say, public safety, military service have come from the, I suppose, approach of suck it up, buttercup, right? And we've now gone into realizing that if we don't look after our people our people won't look after us. So in the grand scheme of, you know, priorities and importance, how far up the, up the top of the table is this? You know, my bias um, is it's absolutely at the top of the table. And I, you know, I am, I am saying this uh, from a, a position of a 63 year old who is uh, a bit overweight at this point in time. I got a, uh, a COVID infection snuck through um, all of my uh, defenses and, uh, and, uh, and wiped me out so that I've got, uh, you know, tachycardia had a run of atrial fibrillation. I've got, you know, put on some, put on some weight and those kinds of things around that. So I'm, I'm working on kind of digging myself out of that, uh, that particular hole. Um, but the, but the reality is the work we do, um, involves your, your cognitive abilities to think well, uh, and sort out uh, challenging situations for, uh, for patients and calls and circumstances we're on. Um, you, you got to lift people uh, and uh, and move them and and those kinds of things. So there's a whole um, physical component, and you know the the stress management is absolutely part of the wellness. And if you don't kind of have a handle on that, there's a lot of stresses this world pr- presents to you. And poorly managed stress, uh, we know, tears down both your your physical, um, psychological, and emotional wellness. So I wrote down a number of sort of subheadings, if you like, of wellness, and perhaps I can sort of, you know, fire these things at you in almost a quick fire way, right? So in terms of wellness, I think, and my research brought up the fact we need to think about physical wellness, social, financial, spiritual, environmental, vocational, emotional wellness. So those are sort of subcategories within, you know, the the headings of wellness. And so Let's get to you, Kev, because I have watched many a video or many a Facebook post of you in your home garage, pulling, pushing, humping, dumping, pumping, and even <laughs> even even your kids, who I think their official names are things one, two, and three, right? Absolutely. Um, so physical wellness. I mean, think about when you're on the truck and on duty, and then when you're in the home garage, Jim. I mean, what things can you do just to look after yourself physically? It's it's kind of a limitless list, right? You can use nothing, right? Just body weight. Um, you can use dumbbells, kettlebells, bar. Like there, there's the, the whole gamut of exercise, and I think that's part of part of what 
stops people or keeps people off, you know, the wellness train is they think, Oh, I have to have this and I don't know how to do that lift. And I don't want to go to the gym and have them see me. And there, there's a, you know, a lot of different branches we may or may not touch on to, to good on those, but, but the gist of it is just take a step of literally walking is one of the best things you can do, like just going for a walk. And so I have a nice garage gym. That's not an accident. Um, we moved, I, I built it up. Um, but you can get, you can get everything you need for not a lot of money and you don't have to have all the equipment you see, like on the CrossFit games and all this, like you, you can, you can get a smoke and workout with just you in the ground, right? The old school, to your point, old school military pushups, sit-ups, right? Those kind of things. And you know, that there's, there's better variations than probably what we did when we were in there that are better for your body, but a, a push up, a crunch and air squat workout and, and you can't breathe that like it's hard, right? Or just burpees or something like that. And so I think I think for folks listening, just know that one, there's unbelievably like endless resources on, you know, YouTube, Google, etc. My channel I mentioned, but just to see how do I do this, you can instantly find out, right? And just practice it and mess up and do it again and mess up. The key is be safe, right? If you start getting into weights or something. Um, but but I would say, you know, start with with push-ups and, and body weight stuff just to get moving if you're in that. And to that point, the to me, the exercise is you can you should be holistic, right? I'm going to work my whole body and do some heavy stuff and some stuff that makes me breathe hard and some stuff where I just sit there and stretch. And that whole balance of wellness, right, also falls within the balance of fitness, right? Because I could, you know, and, and we've probably all seen it, someone that can squat a thousand pounds and they can't run half a mile, right? Or vice versa, you know, those kind of things are super fast and they can lift no weight. Well, if you're a responder and you're EMS and fire and police, EMS and fire will, will say, and you can't carry, you know, the med box in one hand and, and the, you know, defibrillator in another up two flights of steps or in your gas and you can't work when you get there, then you're useless for the call, right? And for police, if you can't wrestle with somebody because you're exhausted in 30 seconds, that's a problem, right? And so there's, there's many avenues to do that and, and starting at home doing basic body weight type burpees, push up type things and walking is a great way to start. And, and most folks, you know, hopefully aren't starting from ground zero that are in this business, but frankly, some folks are right. It's, you know, it's, it's a, it's the whole gamut of, I've seen health, right. Both in fitness level and, and overall kind of health across public safety. And, and I think to me, that's, that's one thing that, that we, this, you know, this effort, I think hopefully, gets folks to, so it's a more even level where there's a standard across the board, across all, um, you know, uh, disciplines. I'm in your school, mate, because as both of you know, that uh, we work hard, furiously hard during the week here. And then as mm-hmm. soon as the weekend comes, the door flies open, we get our hiking boots on <laughs> and we're out on the hills. And uh, I have to tell everybody that uh, we moved from Los Angeles to Las Vegas uh, a few months ago. And uh, back in Los Angeles, we just went up hills. We walked up, 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 up. Here, there's this thing called bouldering and you can't walk up a hill without climbing massive boulders. And so we've gone from leg workouts to requiring upper body strength just to get anywhere and so again get out and walk um i've got a youtube channel too in case you didn't realize i have a hike vlog i'm on hike 138 i think so if you're in southern california northern california nevada check that out and i I curate hikes for people so uh, if you need to know where to go to and uh, for all those people mike and and kevin a lot of people who i know who we all know actually like yes i get my exercise by watching you (laughs) no (laughs) don't watch me open the door and get out and do it so, uh, so anyway, there's that. That's that's one checked off. Mike, let's come over to you and you know spiritual wellness and and the force that drives us. What what can we do? You know, and uh, and 
spirituality can be a trigger word for some people, right? Because right. they, you know, yeah. they immediately go to like organized religion, or I'm not this, or I'm not that, or I don't want this pushed on me, or whatever it is. And it's, you know, it's very individual. So it's, you know, it's connecting with kind of whatever works for you. And um, my my particular bias is that having some sort of you know, mindfulness based attention practice in your life is hugely powerful. Um, and you can do it through, there's traditional meditation approaches. You can do it through yoga. My wife's a yoga instructor. Uh, some people who are more into organized religion, do it through prayer. Uh, you can absolutely do it through, uh, through hiking and, and connecting with nature or swimming in the ocean or, or whatever that happens to be. But having, uh, some practice in your life, that really allows you to to pay attention to kind of one one thing for a little bit of time because our brains are kind of bouncing around and with social media and our iPhones and all this kind of stuff we can have our attention distracted all over the place having a a place to come back to where you kind of ground yourself and help your kind of your heart and mind align and get clear on a regular basis is hugely helpful. I've, I personally have been a daily meditator uh, since I was 14. And um, what, what I've found is that allows me to, you know, uh, when I was running, running calls as a medic, you know, I could be in the middle of a bar fight with everybody else getting amped up and I, I could be cooler and calmer, you know, grab my patients, slide them out the back door before anybody realized that we had already gone. And um, at that kind of, that kind of grounding helps. And there's a lot of, uh, really cutting edge uh, science, neuroscience uh, behind its benefits for cholesterol levels, you know, asthma attack rates, uh, blood pressure uh, issues, um, its uh, ability to help you uh, get through cancer treatments more effectively. Um, there's, a, there's a ton of good science um, supporting have, having some kind of a, a mindfulness practice that supports your spirituality. And it's, it's not the kind of thing that, you know, when you're in the middle of the crap, you can you can kind of reach for it, but if you do it on a regular basis, it'll be there for you as part of who you are when you need it. I'll have to dig up the show in the show notes. Uh, Mike and I, Kevin, do a, a first watch show called Conversations That Matter. And mm-hmm. Mike led as part of one of these shows, and, and actually it's a different format to your podcast where it's sort of open open mic webinaring, right? So we oh, invite cool. everybody in. Mike led a uh, Zoom meditation session and actually it was one of the sort of highest rated highest commented on so we opened the floor and mike led us all for a, a fair part of that webinar and actually there was something and, and even james who does our recording over on the other channel was like dude that was really cool and good and actually i feel much much calmer and much more content than uh, when doing it so there's something in that mike so if you had to if, if i this is the classic rob on the escalator question right if you had to give me a quick mm-hmm. escalator answer on how do you start with meditation what is that answer uh if if you would uh, uh google um the wheel of awareness uh meditation it's by dan siegel at ucla uh, medical center. He's a psychiatrist um, that uh, has has built a a very simple, easy to follow meditation that is, is religiously agnostic. Anybody can do it anywhere. I've I've led thousands of people through the process. Uh, for everybody from Facebook employees to a large EMS conference groups, and it is a fast and easy way uh, to learn how to meditate um, without without being too woo woo in the process. 
to woo-woo. Well, we'll talk about the definition of woo-woo when we come back. <laughs> However, I just have to quickly read you a message from our sponsor. Do you want to improve your physical fitness, increase your resiliency, eat better and sleep longer, which of course is what we're talking about today? Get started with videos, articles and other resources at firstresponderwellnessweek.com. You can learn more about what Lexapol is doing to support health, wellness and safety among first responders. Again, visit firstresponderwellnessweek.com. Actually, let's just take a, a, a note from the mid-show read. And of course, I'm talking to Mike Tegman and Kevin Pennell. Uh, do you want to improve your physical fitness, increase your resiliency, eat better and sleep longer? Um, eating. We're bad at eating in EMS and I suspect public safety because we eat on the hoof. We uh, take the fastest food we can find. I mean, Kevin, you're a man that's, you know, remodeled yourself. Nutrition is clearly a part of that. I mean, any any takeaways, excuse the pun, any takeaways? Yeah, yeah I mean, bottom line up front. No takeaways. <laughs> yeah, eat less and burn more, right? It's, it's, the, it's the age old solution. There's all these different diets. But yeah, I mean, to your point that the, a big catalyst for kind of me jumping back into being healthier was when I was in EMS and we'd go grab these burgers and fries and those all delicious, all fantastic. Also, EMS rooms don't always have the most healthy foods. Now they've gotten better, I think. But yeah, it's, you know, whether you're doing office work and you happen to go out with the other folks or you're out on post, or you're doing something, um, you know, diet is awful because you're going to fast food places, you're going to 7-Eleven and there I say that's not a health lover's dream. Um, now you can make smarter choices. So part of that was me, right? It was my choice. I chose the greasy deliciousness, which is true. Um, I could have gotten better choices, but ultimately I can also pack my lunch, right? I can take a cooler. It fits in the console, that kind of stuff. Um, uh, particularly if you're moving post to post, if you have that kind of, you know, system, uh, but yeah, uh, certainly diet played a huge role. I cut out tons of fast food, um, and I've kind of waxed and waned, um, uh, but Staying hydrated, eating less, um, you know, eating those, you know, good omega threes, getting those kind of things, and just not no carbs. And that that's a thing too, right? Some folks are like, "Oh, I'm going to have no carbs in this." Well, then you won't have any energy, so you got to balance it, right? It's it's to me, it's a balance of diet. And if you're eating too much of the bad stuff, eat less of the bad stuff, and eat more of the good stuff, and burn more of it off by being more active, and then treat yourself, right? And and I think that's that's a challenge maybe for folks looking at the diet aspect of is you'll Google it and then you'll get a million different opinions from some folks that are qualified and some that have zero qualifications whatsoever. Not that I'm a dietitian. I'll say that I'm not, but I, I think I go back to kind of how I started the answer. The age old thing is eat healthy things according to the old school, you know, food pyramid uh, or the Mediterranean diet, which is hugely healthy, right? That's got great, especially cardiac and, and all those kind of things. Look at that. Um, and, and just don't have as much of the traditional bad things, which is obvious, right? Ice cream and, and candy and all that kind of stuff or big greasy burgers, uh, and just, and just balance it out. There's, there's, you know, kind of the basics we learned as kids work, right? And then when you get way into it, you can look at like going keto and carnival, you know, all these super, you know, focused diets, but for now it's just, you know, eat healthier. And I think most folks, you know, adults have a pretty good sense of what that means without, having to have a super strict plan. It's just, you have to do it. 
I always reckon it's the toughest decision in EMS, which is where <laughs> where are we going to go and eat, right? Yeah. I was I was almost going to open a restaurant called You Decide. Where are we going oh, to go man. to? I don't know. You Decide. <laughs> oh, so let's have a restaurant called You Decide. Yeah. But of course, one of the you things get, I, you got to let me at, you jump in on this one. Well, Mike, you jump in, mate. <laughs> so you said uh, that we're not good at eating. I think we're really good at eating. We're just not good at eating well. Ah, right? there you go. Right. And, um, and, and if people, people would pay attention to their plant to processed ratio. And if you can have the higher, a higher percentage of your ratio be plants to processed, mm. whatever it is, whether it's, it doesn't matter whether it's vegan or, or French fries or potato chips or burgers or whatever. But if you can increase your plant to processed ratio, that's usually an improvement, uh, for most people. And, the American Academy of Lifestyle Medicine has a ridiculously robust set of resources that are all uh, science and evidence-based. It's got the biggest repository of research around nutrition. And uh, the two co-founders of that, um, Dr. Dean Ornish and Michael Greger, their books, How Undo It, which is uh, Dr. Ornish's program, which is actually covered by Medicare now uh, for, uh, for uh, uh, health improvement and actually reversal of heart disease. Nice. And Dr. Greger's book, How Not to Die, which is one of the best titles <laughs> of a book I've ever found. They're both they're both include all of the science behind every recommendation. So they're they're ones my bias is they're things you can trust. How Not to Die. It sounds like the name of the next Bond movie, actually. But, <laughs> no uh, doubt. Yeah. And I have to tell everybody that when I moved from the, the, the East Coast to the West Coast, myself and my son Mike drove cross country and we stopped at Chateau Tegman for dinner. And it was one of the best, um, was it vegan, vegetarian? I don't know what the technical term was we've ever had. And we still talk about it years later, I have to tell you. Completely vegan. Yep. Completely vegan. It was amazing. Wow. I know there was leaks in it. That was that was the, that was the key <laughs> ingredient. I'm sure. But uh, moving. Yes. So the, uh, just to conclude this point, that one of the things I was always minded to try and get done when I was, you know, uh, I'm a recovering chief now. We all know that, as opposed to an active chief, right? So, but uh, was to create something which I was going to call the Good Post Guide. You know, whereas if you had to go to these fast food restaurants or these other sort of restaurants, there is stuff in there that you can eat that has all the right balance, all the right calories, all the right goodness. Right. As opposed to uh, what did you call it, Kev? The juicy whatever, whatever your description was there, right? So juicy fatty burgers and fries. There, there, there you go, right? Man. But that said, that you know there are there is stuff on the menu that you can take, which is oh, yeah. good. And uh, I, you know, I was looking for someone that would take up the challenge of going along, analyzing the you know the contents, etc. And so, if you were stuck in a rut, or if you were in, in a place where you couldn't get anything other than the drive through or or the drive up to then there was something in there. So if anybody wants to take that challenge, yeah. let me know and we'll come and podcast with you how, about how you did it. Because in the end of the day, sometimes we are stuck. The other point before I move off food, of course, is sometimes there's that stigma about the guy that brings the brown bag in, right? That Oh God, here we go. He's, he's, he's the brown bag guy. He's, he's not going to come and have the big fat juicy burger with us. But yeah. actually you're quite right, Kev. There's, there's no shame in that. And you're bringing the best food, the best quality food and the thing that suits your diet and not just be, you know, have that peer pressure to go and, you know, have, have, have the fries from the drive through. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if, and if you're mostly eating well and then every now and then you go have the good stuff. I mean, I think that's the thing too, is people get burned out because they start super strict diets and they're miserable. Right. And they never give themselves a cheat day, not even a cheat day, just a, Hey, I earned this, right? Like I work out hard, I ate better. Um, then it makes a difference. It's the not doing it 
every lunchtime or every every time, which is easy to do. And you know, and to your point, same thing. Navigating the the EMS room, you know, maybe not the uh, the pre-made sandwich or the you know vacuum packed whatever from the factory, but but other things. But yeah, I mean, it's it's for sure the do I do I participate in this team building exercise that is this delicious food. Um, sure. Every now and then, just not as often. Somebody once asked me that, what can, what can we do for our EMS room? And of course my answer was just a drive through window, please. So people don't get <laughs> lost in there on the Oreos. In terms of healthy coping strategies, Mike, you're an expert on this with, with the pressures and stresses of everything we've got going on now, you might've been on a, on a traumatic call. You may have even been on the wall for the last 12 hours. What should we do to cope? What what's the Tegman advice overall? You know, our 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 ancient nervous systems will be activated by all different kinds of things that we uh, we deal with, whether it's frustrations of wall time or the the intensity of dealing with violent patients or whatever that happens to be, and having uh, some uh, in the moment strategies that you can use to dial your sympathetic nervous system uh, response down. Um, decrease your heart rate, decrease your blood pressure, open up your tunnel vision a little bit are hugely helpful. And one, one you can all do right now, everybody who's listening right now, uh, including both uh, Kevin and Rob, you can just wiggle your toes. And, uh, and people, and people look at me like, Oh, now the hippie from California has come out and we're going to wiggle our toes together. And there's, <laughs> there's some, there's some truth to that, but I, uh, uh, you know, um, our, our, uh, our leader Alexa pool, um, Greg Freeze, back in the beginning of the uh, COVID-19 um, pandemic, it was um, March 2020, right at, the, uh, right at the end of March, beginning of April, right when everything was firing up and the whole country was kind of stressed out about this. I uh, asked Greg, should we, should we do a stress management podcast to uh, help people kind of dial things down? And, uh, and he said, sure. And, and we, I talked to him on a Friday we scheduled it for Tuesday the next week. He put it out over uh, Police One, EMS One, Fire One, and uh, and we had ten thousand five hundred people register in four days, which was kind of right. crazy. It kind of gave you a, a sense as to how hot the topic was. And I and I mentioned the toe wiggling as one of many strategies, along with labeling your emotions and uh, deep breathing and box breathing and and some of those kinds of things. And one of the one of the people who was in the webinar wrote me. And he was a fighter pilot um, who in the U.S. Navy who had uh, uh, been in, uh, in Iraq uh, getting ready to fly his very first mission. And he, uh, he described sitting in the cockpit of his fighter uh, with his squadron commander up on that, uh, that you know, ladder ramp thing, giving him his final pre-flight instructions. And, uh, and his squadron commander, just before he closed the hatch, said, now there's one thing I want you to remember the whole time you're you're flying here and he's going, Oh, I'm supposed to pay attention to my aileron or I've got to look for other aircraft off my wingtips or whatever it happens to be. And his flight commander said, I want you to wiggle your toes throughout the flight. And he looked at him like, what? <laughs> and his flight commander said, if you will wiggle your toes throughout the flight, you'll be calmer. Your head will be more in the game and your performance will improve. Um, and, and since then I've been invited to teach stress management for the, the dust devils, the U S Navy's, uh, test pilot squadron and and they use the same strategy and uh the the obstetricians who run the university of pennsylvania's reproductive medicine system uh told me that they uh, tell patients to wiggle their toes when they're going to do uncomfortable procedures it will hurt hurt less and bother them more so there's a a series of things like that 
um, wiggling my toes happens to be my favorite, but that you can do in the moment to calm yourself down no matter what's going on around you. So here comes another cool Tegman story. We did that live webinar as well. I think it was Commander Butch Cassidy, if if the call yes. sign and name rings a bell. Oh, nice. we were, Kev, we were live and Commander Cassidy wasn't there. Oh, and wow. then a few minutes later, you can see on the camera, the door opens, Commander Butch Cassidy comes in. Sorry, I'm late, gentlemen. I was just doing a quick sortie in my F-18. I mean, that's the <laughs> ultimate. The ultimate, coolest entrance ever. The coolest entrance <laughs> right. ever, right? But, uh, um, of course, guardsmen on the on parade in front of the Queen, now the King, are instructed to wiggle their toes just to keep things circulating so you don't end up falling over and getting on NBC Nightly News when the Ooh. guardsman falls over because they're also instructed to fall to attention. If you're going to fall... Fall to attention. So, uh, <laughs> um, but sleep, talking of, of falling over, sleeping, vitally important that you get your rest. Um, Kev, you must be a man that, I mean, you, you work hard, but I'm imagining that you are, you prioritize sleep as well. I do. And, and I didn't, which is why now I really do. I, I think I didn't before because I didn't have the sleep issues that I developed. Honestly, last year I had a lot of family medical things and I had, I had a panic attack, right? And it was a buildup of, of years things. And so after that, my sleep was awful and my sleep was awful before it, but I didn't think it was because, you know, you have a few beers, you're like, Oh, I slept fine, but really you didn't, right? Your brain didn't get the rest. It didn't go through the right cycles. So I'm kind of a problem solver. So when I had things in addition to a good doctor visit and all this good stuff, I was like, okay, how do we get this? So get into mindfulness, like, like we talked about earlier and then sleep, sleep hygiene. Cause I was a stay up, click the channels, watch guy while I'm having some drinks and then go to bed. And that's awful to shut your system down. Right. So yeah, I got really into the cos- cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia, which really a big chunk of that is, um, sleep hygiene, right? So being off your devices, you know, an hour or two before cool bedroom, turn the lights down when it's later, um, even supplements like magnesium glycinate and some other things that help your body relax, uh, and then reading before bed. So the last hour, pretty much every night, uh, with some exceptions, cause it's kind of, to me, this is more important though, than the food, the not eating cheeseburgers, the sleep at prioritization, right. Is pretty much every night making sure that that's kind of my routine. Right. And, and, you know, we darken things down every now and then, of course, you're going to stay up and watch a late movie with your family. Got got to balance that. But yeah, pretty strict on the sleep because it makes a huge difference And it. It, you know, nobody sleeps perfect, right? But it makes a big difference in your brain, not circling and circling and circling. Um, and I also find, you know, to what Mike spoke of as well. And what we talked about is if I haven't done like my mindfulness earlier in the day or consistently, that affects later in the day, how I'm able to calm myself down or not right in the evening. So it's, a, so it, it's, it's all factored, but that evening routine, um, of your hygiene, not eating a ton, alcohol doesn't help, um, turning the lights down, cool environment. Um, you know, you don't have to do supplements. I think probably the, the most talked about is melatonin, right? Um, but that's like, a more of a supplement, like if I'm changing time zones and uh, my body's off, it's not an every night thing. But if you look at the shelf in CVS, you wouldn't know that because it's everywhere, right? So and not just not just that for any pharmacy, but to that point, it's it's you know doing the research is good, and that's another good resource uh, you know that I looked at in, in YouTube things is is just that that aspect of it, and there's some other things for folks that have um, you know because public safety in general sleep issues happen, right? Particularly if you're on call at night, the fire service and particularly police and, you know, EMS, I think probably a little different where you're not in the bunk room and then you get woken up and this and that, but still um, that shift work hurts it. So I think that routine, whether you're on days or nights, 
kind of falling into that at whatever time is your evening, right, uh, of the day uh, makes a huge difference and it's worth putting the effort into it. And it, it, it's hard because you're going to have days where if you're in an extreme case where you're not sleeping, you have to do kind of some sleep deprivation to get yourself tired so you start being able to sleep better. You're going to be exhausted and just realizing you can get up, you can keep going, it'll get better. You have to stick with it. It's just like mindfulness or exercise or good diet. It's not a, a right now thing. It's it's you just got to keep going. It's but it, but it's hard when you're when you're tired. So yes, sleep with all this exercise and eating well, your body and brain aren't going to recover if you don't put the work into into sleep. And it is work to get yourself to sleep the right way, really. So just take a second to replug uh, firstresponderwellnessweek.com because within there will be some resources on sleep. Our good friend uh, Dan Patterson, who's doing amazing research, um, nice. I did a podcast with him. That'll be featured inside the uh, the, the sort of collective um, uh, articles. Also, I did a, I, I reviewed Kev. You love this the the uh, Army Field Manual on uh, resting and sleep, and it was called. Oh, wow. the, I, I called it the EMS bedtime story, and one of the things that uh, you know. EMS managers would would hate to do or would love to do is catch you napping and, and write you up. But of course, <laughs> right. tactical napping yep. is a thing, and you mm-hmm. should take it when you can get it. And uh, and uh, if yes, and, and Mike in the throne of knowledge has just reclined immediately there to uh, take a quick tactical nap while I finish this little sort of segue. But it's important you should you know take a, a tactical nap. I, my my children will argue that I will I will take a tactical nap anywhere, particularly if the cinema movie I'm watching isn't up to spec. I will tactically nap until the end credits. Um, but uh, yes, you should take a nap. So those resources, EMS bedtime story, some stuff from Dan Patterson, it's going to be part of the resource pack that's going to be in the Wellness Week uh, uh, content. So look out for that. Nice. We're nearly on time, so I'm going to ask the Rob Lawrence classic journalistic question, Mike and Kevin. Is there anything <laughs> I've forgotten to ask or anything you failed to tell me, Mike? The the one thing we didn't really talk about necessarily was kind of the, the picture of resilience. And resilience, um, and there'll be an, an, an article in the in the package of information for this week that's uh that's coming out from from Lexapool, um that there are really six uh, components to uh, being resilient, and and we've really been focusing a lot on the on the health component, the the nutrition, sleep, uh, exercise component, but also uh, having composure, the ability to regulate your emotions, uh, your relationships are a huge part of your resilience and your uh, your social network, having people uh, that trust you, that you trust, um, that you uh, connect with. Uh, having a vision for your life goals and the ability to to work and uh, and attain those, having some problem solving skills, uh, also known as reasoning, and uh, the last one is tenacity, which is really that uh, ability to persevere and uh, bounce back even when you run across difficult situations. So that that constellation of stuff uh, works together in order to help you be emotionally, physically, psychologically strong and able to handle whatever comes your way excellent thank you for that mike and uh, again mike's article is another resource that's going to be inside the whole package so we look forward to reading that uh, kev yeah i would supplement the the you know mind spiritual connection with the physical connection because it's all together right and, and to me it's balance it's it's great if i can lift a bunch of weights or do a bunch of burpees or something but if i can't handle the stress then, you know, have I, have I done my job? Am I doing those? And so doing all that together, getting in, I'm a, I'm a morning workout person. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, it starts my day. Well, I feel better that way. I I've done, you know, end of the day workout. So 
I would recommend for anybody listening, if you're at that point where you're like, man, I feel awful, which I was. And it was like, I think we had done a, a Murph, which is a, a challenging thing. And I felt horrible, like just like I was just awful. And it was like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to wake up and try this and this. And just one step at a time, give yourself grace. Don't judge yourself against anybody else but you. Are you better today than you were yesterday? And if you can do one more push up, if you can walk one more quarter mile, then you're a success. But I would say deal with it before it deals with you because it will find you. The stress will find you. The the health issues will find you. And you can do a ton, a, so much work between your sleep, your mental health, your physical health, your faith in something together to make you a better responder, a better person more so. Um, you know, in many aspects. So, and, and like I mentioned, there's a lot of, a lot of good resources and I know you'll include them, but, um, but regular physical fitness is an augment to mental health. That's an augment to spiritual health and they all go together. And so I would just say, try and look at the, look at the whole picture. In my uh, sort of fitness regime community, the uh, the acronym is HYOH, hike your own hike, right? So there may be the speed merchants, there may be the mountain goats, they may be getting to the top first, but you're out there hiking your own hike. And the key is you're out there, you're doing it. You are 100%. you know, the 1% of people that's out there getting on with it. So hike your own hike, but do something, get out there and do it. Yep. Um, so finally, to follow you, to get in touch, uh, Mike, we know, but tell us. Uh, it's mtegman at firstwatch.net or my cell phone number. If anybody wants to text me is 510-593-5730. Don't call text. Exactly. Kev? Uh, sure. I'm Kevin Pinnell. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, kevtalkspod.com is the website. I'm actually going to consolidate. I have kevtalkspod and then I have a, a jiu-jitsu podcast actually, which is about Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Just, hey, if you're a beginner, going to be all on the same site. So kevtalkspod.com, Twitter and Instagram at PanelKG, P-A-N-N-E-L-K-G. And from those places, you can contact me however you wish and uh, or you know comment or, or give me some advice. I, I look forward to it. See, I was about to end it there, and then you talk about jujitsu, right? And so this, we're <laughs> going to go back to the preamble now because sure. Mike, um, and again, for those that are watching or listening, there is what I call the Tegman rule. And the Tegman rule is if you're going to do a podcast or a broadcast, don't talk about what you're going to talk about because you'll actually cover the best stuff before you hit record. And I could, this is what I call the Tegman rule. And I tell everyone that's ever podcast with me, you get, you know, I dictate the Tegman rule. So, Mike, I'm telling you what your rule is, right? And <laughs> and we and you broke it, sir, because we started talking about jujitsu before I hit record. So, Kev, talk about you know jujitsu for you and the style in which you do it. And obviously, Mike has has some wise words as well. But this is a, a, a sport and a discipline that you've become. I, I you know you've not been doing it forever, but you've you know in in recent past got into it, and and it's obviously giving you some some great benefits in not only physically but also spiritually and mentally. I would have thought. Absolutely. Yeah. Part of my kind of, you know, reawakening, so to speak, and fitness and things was Joe Rogan, Jocko Willink, two folks that really inspired me, the extreme ownership kind of you do it, all your excuses are lies. And so they're big into jujitsu. So at some point, I think I'd really been working out regularly again for like a year. And I was like, I'm going to try this. So I tried it there in Richmond. We moved here to Blacksburg and I kept going. And so it's a little over four years, four and a half years or so. Uh, I'm a blue belt. Uh, and so I train two, three times a week, sometimes four. It's definitely tough on the body. I'm, I just turned 49. I feel it more and more. 
Um, but that goes back to that cycle, right? If I do the work outside of the jujitsu gym, it augments, et cetera. But, um, but yeah, it's a grappling martial art. Um, the most, the, the easiest way to tell folks is watch UFC one, the guy that won the UFC one that's Brazilian jujitsu. Um, so, uh, Hoist Gracie. And so really it's how do you control other people? How do you control their bodies without sitting here and punching them in the face? Um, and how do you do joint locks, chokes, those kind of things. So it's a very practical martial art and public safety wise, probably for police, most applicably. Right. And I train actually with a lot of police officers uh, that are both my instructors or training partners controlling folks uh, without having to sit there and punch them in the face, right? We've seen the videos. It's a street fight, but it's a police officer trying to arrest somebody. Well, this helps with that. Um, now, I'm not going to get into the choke legality thing. Um, I will say as a Brazilian <laughs> jiu-jitsu practitioner, when you know there's a tap out thing and it's awful, but my fight is over immediately when I feel like, oh, that, that really hurts or it's going to be bad. So there's applicability to body control. Um, I think, though, there's also room for fire and EMS, right? We have combative patients. Not that you're going to do an arm bar on somebody, so to speak, where you're going to win a you know competition. But if you're used to physical confrontation just in life, when the person that's loud gets loud, you're not as worried about it. You're still going to pay attention, but you pay attention more. You're like, well, I'm used to that. That's cool. And that that resonates with folks, right? And that's a confidence. And that's not to say that someone can't just sock me in the jaw and I'm out, right? That that happens. But it builds a confidence in you. So when you go places, you're used to it, right? So for, for four, four and a half years, I've probably had, I don't know, seven or 800 rolls, grappling fights, right? So I'm pretty comfortable with it. And that's, and that's half the time it takes to get a black belt. So imagine those high level folks. But for police or for fire and EMS, if I can, you know, with my upper body, keep you away from me, not sitting there throwing punches, but someone's being combative and I can go, oh, that was a horrible punch and just move your arm and kind of hold you and and be more aware of my space and your space. That makes a big difference because you hear, you know, providers get headbutted and punched and slapped and grabbed. And if you're used to getting grabbed and getting out of it, it makes a difference. And I, I think there could be a more for fire EMS uh, focused jujitsu um, police is pretty straightforward. It's almost the same, right? You can take people down and control them and, and put cuffs on them. Well, you don't do that as a firefighter probably, right? I would imagine, or, or as an EMS provider, but there's something there. And yeah, to your point to life of this morning, for instance, so we, we, the class is an hour, you warm up, you do some warm up drills, you learn some moves. And then we did for like 30 minutes, stand up and take each other down over and over and over and over again. And it's, it's exhausting. Right. But the rest of my day, my project meetings were relatively like, you know, when someone's like, Oh, this happened. I'm like, okay, that's not as bad as what I did, you know, a bit ago. Not to say that it's better or worse. It also, I think that's the perspective that public safety gives you, right? Like if you've dealt with these things, it's good. So jujitsu in your mind helps you deal with things where you're, I've tapped out from anxiety because I thought I couldn't breathe. I've, cause it's awful. And I'm exhausted and this and that. Then you learn, Oh, fight through that. You're doing better. So it builds mental resilience. Well, it also builds physical, you know, strength and cardio and technique and practical self-defense. Um, so it, it really does a ton. Uh, it really makes a difference. It It's very cult-like if you hear people talk about it, like, oh, I'll talk about that anytime you want. Because it's, you know, it's like any other kind of hobby folks or sport that people are into, uh, as you can, you know, maybe tell. But yeah, it's definitely a, a mind-body-spirit thing, um, especially if you stick with it. And, and most people don't, like most folks don't last longer than six months, which is, which is fine. I mean, that's, you know, not their thing. But if you do you'll kind of find that, oh, my, I feel my perseverance in other areas of my life getting stronger and, and I'm more mellow. So, Mike, you must have a response to that. 
<laughs> I, I, uh, my, my art was Aikido for, uh, for most of the time when I was on the mat, which is, uh, uh, much of what you, uh, what you described about jujitsu, um, is, is shared with Aikido, although we were, uh, we're, um, more tend to be a little bit more upright about it. Um, and, uh, and, and before the podcast started, um, you, uh, mentioned jujitsu and I'd ask if you'd studied with the Gracie brothers because my, uh, Aikido instructor in San Francisco invited one of the Gracie, uh, Gracie brothers, uh, to spend a day with us in, uh, in San Francisco. And, uh, and it, I, I think I was taking ibuprofen daily for two weeks afterwards <laughs> just to recover from the process. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was very intense, but I, uh, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the martial arts for all the reasons you, uh, you described, Kevin. Uh, the only, uh, the only caveat I would put in is, uh, a weekend's worth of self-defense is not enough that you'll be able to use it. Um, when you're on the streets as a, yeah. a firefighter or a medic or a police officer, if you're going to become a martial artist, become a martial artist, whichever one you pick, uh, just have it be something that you're going to stick with like you would your tennis game or your pool game or your football game or whatever that happens to be. But, uh, but make it, make it a lifetime thing and, uh, and it'll, it'll provide you with all kinds of benefits. There you go, everybody. So I'm glad we uh, kept the recording going for that because, of course, it's about discipline. It's about focus. It's about fitness. It's about wellness. It's about just helping you to control yourself. And I, I don't know if you remember back in, back in our combined, our combined days, Kevin, but uh, we had a certain supervisor who's now an MD that was a world, almost world champion, um, Brazilian mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu um, person. And uh, I won't name her totally, but Lo, if you're listening, uh, we were always in awe of you because you come into work with all these bruises and you think, oh my goodness, what's happened here? <laughs> right. Dare I ask? Dare, I, dare we have to pull it to one side? And uh, turns out she was just shy of the Olympics. <laughs> so you know that that that's someone who was at the top of her game and uh um anyway i i have fond memories of, of those days that's about all for now so this has been a very special episode of ems one stop as i said at the start part of first responder wellness week you can get all the resources at firstresponderwellnessweek.com um you can follow me as always on linkedin or over on twitter at uk robel one this has been a very special edition i'd say of uh, ems one stop so thank you very much uh, kevin and mike appreciate the opportunity thank you for having us and that's all for now so until next time they've been uh, mike tegman and kevin pennell i've been rob lawrence and until next time bye for now